as, as us as the people, the church on the inside and what God's doing. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the inside. We're going to talk about confession as it relates to prayer. Last week we started, well, two weeks now we're in the series, but last week we, we hit on adoration of prayer, that uh, um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We, we focused our prayer upward, and we just want to encourage people, when you go to prayer, you don't know where to go, go up. Go up with God. Go, go give Him the praise. Give Him the, 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 the adoration, what He deserves is, is being holy and, 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 and righteous and sovereign. Do that. That's, if you, want, that, you can't go wrong doing that. But today we're going to talk a little bit going inward and looking in our life. You know, it's interesting with the Lord's Prayer as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's a wonderful prayer. And then we say, uh, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Right? We pray that prayer. But that's, there's a problem with that prayer, isn't there? Now, it's not the problem what Jesus prayed. He's perfect in what he gave us to pray. It's a great prayer. It's, it's the best prayer to pray. If you don't know what to pray, pray the, pray the Lord's Prayer. But we have a problem with that prayer because we're the problem in that prayer. <laughs> Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come, right? But we, we, we do, we sing our kingdom come, your, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We pray and we sing that, and we did it today in song. It's wonderful. Um, we, we could sing it over and over on, on a church on a Sunday. But also we got to, you know, do we pray that prayer on a Monday morning, right? It's, it's the old thing where you say, you know, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning, right? It's Monday. See, there, there's a problem with the prayer. There's a problem. Not, not Jesus has a problem. We have the problem with that prayer because somehow... Our kingdom come is different than, than his kingdom <laughs> when we pray. You, you know this already. You wake up in the morning and you realize and you're, you're getting, you get on the road and you thought you were, the, you were the king. You thought you were in control of your life. And no, you come to a four-way stop. And someone else thinks they're in charge. And you go, well, wait a second. I was there first. No, you weren't. The right away. And you have this. There's a kingdom conflict at the four-way stop. And then you're both coming up as you go, and you drive up, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's the kingdom of Burlington Northern. They're in charge right now, and they don't really always go that fast. In fact, sometimes Burlington Northern likes to back up. Why? Because it's the kingdom of the customs, making sure they're going. Everybody, there's a kingdom. There's a kingdom conflict everywhere we go in life. Your kingdom come. Your, well, I don't know. Who, which kingdom are we which kingdom are we battling in? And, and then, I, then I find this, that, that that kingdom, this kingdom conflict that we have, isn't just, isn't just as adults. We, it started when we were kids, didn't it? Right? You, you as a toddler were the, the king of the toy bin. Do you remember this? And then some pretentious preschooler comes along and swipes your, what was it, Teddy Rupskins? You remember Teddy, little Teddy? And it's like, wait a second, that's mine. I'm playing with it. No, it's the daycare's toys, but you're holding on to it for dear life. I remember throughout my school where I was a, somewhat of a mild-mannered kid until someone got in my space. And I remember it. I don't know why in fifth grade I had a battle with a guy named Daryl, Okay. And I'm not going to say his name because word could get out about this, okay? Him and I haven't necessarily resolved things since the fifth grade. All I know is that him and I would go and battle and we would end up, I don't know what we were doing, I can't tell you what game we are playing or recess 
activity that was going on, but him and I would be wrestling in that peak gravel, that playground gravel. gravel. You don't know talk about it was dry and then it's wet. You're just wrestling around in this. And then the whistle would blow and the duty would come. Do you remember the duty? I don't know where they got the name duty, but they're in charge. It was all of a sudden they're the kings or queens of this playground with their whistle. And I do remember, and I know this probably is not allowed, but I remember being pulled by the ear. You remember the ear and pulled into the principal's office. And then it was the kingdom of saying, I'm in charge of this elementary school, and you two need to stay away from each other, okay? That was the first signs of social distancing that took place. Stay away from each other. So, Daryl, if you're out there, I don't know if that's happening, but let's have coffee and have some fun and talk about that, but we will sit at a distance to do that. Listen, we're, we have battles in our life, and, and there's battles that we go through, whether it's in the playground or the boardroom or the living room or wherever you are, the battles are out there, but really the conflict that we're going to talk about today is here. This is where the first battle lies. This is where, this is where the challenge comes. A real battle is really truly within us. You see, if we're, if we're honest with our own hearts, there's a war going inside each one of us right now. In fact, there is a battle, there's, and we'll talk about the enemy, the, real, you know, the enemy out there is Satan, and he's wanting to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants to distract you. He can't destroy you as a follower of Christ, but he can distract you. And so there is that. Don't not recognize that. But within us, there's this struggle. And Scripture tells us this. James, in fact, the apostle identifies there's two questions he asks, whether to wondering if you have a battle within you. This is what James says. He says this. He said, what, ask this question. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And you're like, yeah, that really is true. There's a lot going on out there, but there's a lot going on in here. And I think the biggest and most frequent battles happen within us, and there's a confliction of our soul that happens a lot in our lives. Paul, Apostle Paul, you know, spoke to the Roman church these words that are, I tell you, they're most honest words in Scripture, heartfelt, honest words. And you, and you read this, you're going, this is the Apostle Paul. I mean, this is the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. That we have these letters here today because of him that are in Scripture. But he's so vulnerable here about having a conflicted soul. I think it's just so relatable. He says this very plainly. He says, think about it if you relate with this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do... For I have, for what I want to do, for I have this desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do, not I, for I do not do the good I want to do, but it's the evil I do, not want to do that I keep on doing. It's even hard to read, <laughs> but it's true. It's even hard. Isn't that you? You're like, yeah, that was Tuesday, right? That happened. I don't want to do it, and I did it anyway. It sounds familiar. There's great intention. We have great aspirations to do good, right? We could wake up in the morning. Maybe you did. You woke up in your morning, and, 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 and you wake up, ladies, you're putting your makeup on, or men, you're shaving. You're like, this is going to be a great day. I am going to crush this day. It's going to be a better day than yesterday. But then we go to bed, and we're brushing our teeth, and ladies, you're taking that same makeup off and going, man, I blew it today. Man, I blew it today. 
We live with regrets. There's this inner battle that goes on. And Paul tells us, though, hey, this, this is real. This is relatable. But where do, why do we do that? Why do we keep on doing what we don't want to do? And I keep on doing what you will do. I keep on, you know, why do, we, why do we go through that? Well, he says this. He says it very clearly here. He says, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it. But it is, here it is, sin living in me that does it. There is the source. There is the issue. There is a struggle that's deep within us. It is a sin issue. It always comes back to that. That the battle that we're facing and the, what we're going through is the sin issue. It's within us. We were created with a sinful nature. Okay? How do I know that? You're like, oh, no, everybody was born good. No. No, have you re reasoned with the two-year-old? Right? It doesn't work. We come out with our fists like this. Have you seen a newborn baby? Oh, I, I gotta have it, right? Swipe the toy. I got, you know, I, it's mine. That's what we come out with. That's not really, you know, there's something within us. That is the battle that's there already. I want to just talk as we go on there, we're going to talk about confession here in a few moments. But I want to talk about this conflicted soul. Why do we have conflicted soul? Why is there a battle within? Well, straight on, first is this, is that as you're taking notes, by the way, and we have them on the screen, you can, you can follow along in your, in your program as well, is this, unconfessed sin that it produces guilt and shame. That there's unconfessed sin that produces guilt and shame. That's, that's something that we, we can struggle with. If there's ever emotion we can identify with is guilt, okay? We're really good at dishing out guilt to one another. We live in a very guilt-ridden, uh, society. I know it seems like in the, in the free flow and you should be who you are and everything, but the reality is, at the end of the day, we, we now call it cancel culture, okay? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're in the church, outside of the church, whatever the world, it's, we live in a very, very guilt-ridden culture that we have. In. But here's the thing, what, what it does is not just the we're feeling bad about our wrongdoing, but it breaks the very heart of, heart of God. Unconfessed sin is there, and it brings confliction in our life. King David is a great example as he expresses this feeling as the weight of sin, this guilt that you can feel. He says, because of my sin, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. We come in, and we can feel it in life that we're carrying this burden of unconfessed sin. There's things in our life that we've done. There's secret sins that we carry along. You're, you know, it, it, it could be a variety of ways, okay? And there's a list of things we could think. It could be looking at stuff that we shouldn't be looking at. And you know, guys, it would, it would hurt your marriage. It would ruin your reputation. It could, it could be embarrassing. There's a soul confliction of what your, your thought life is going on. You, you could be a person that lies in the sense of, you're not blank, really lying, lying. You know what I mean by that? But you're telling the white lies. You're, you're misrepresenting yourself. You're inflating the numbers. You're, you're putting yourself out there in a, a better light than really what's going on in the situation. And there's dishonesty that's there. There's, this, there's a secret in, there's secret in your soul that's conflicting you. It might be overindulgence. It could be overeating. You, you, you might find yourself that you're doing that and you're not happy and you feel bad about it. And some people go and they eat and they're like, I'm going to get rid of it because I don't want to live with it. And, and that's a str struggle with people. And they feel guilt and shame about that. Some people, it's over overspending. They're, you've got this emptiness and you keep spending, spending, spending. And you're just going, I can't, I don't have any more credit cards to use. 
It might be just addiction at the end of the day. Smoke something, drink something, pop something. You're just trying to get through and you justify with it. You're You're dealing with this weight in your life. And there's a variety of other things that are there. There's unforgiveness, and there's, there's internal things that you're harboring a grudge towards someone. There's internal conflict that's going on because there's unconfessed sin that's there. And you live a double life, and it's, it's really hard. And you, you go, what do I do? I don't want to keep doing this, but I keep on doing it. And we beat ourselves up left and right. What do you do then? Well, we'll talk about un- confessing our sin to the Lord here in a moment. The other thing that brings a confliction to our soul is that, that, that the lies that we believe can condemn us or creep in. I'll, I'll say that again. The lies we believe can lead to condemnation that, that creeps in our, in our life. Many years ago, I was praying with a man at, at his deathbed. His name is Jack. Jack was getting to the end, and I got a call to go up to the hospital. And I walk in the room, and there's a team of people there. There's, there is some folks from our church that, that were there. There was a caregiver. There was, I think, like the chief of nursing was there. I mean, like a bunch of people in the room with lab coats and everything. And Jack looked at me, and he looked at them, and he says, everybody out but him, he's staying, which was me. I'm like, oh, okay. And they all filed out. You know, he's, t- he's bossing everybody around who are the boss of the ho- bosses of the hospital. They're go- they leave, and-, and Jack says, hey, come closer. He had CPOD. He was struggling with his breathing, and he's close, and he's raspy, and he's gone, I-, I need to get this off my chest. I got to tell you this, Dan. I got to tell somebody. And he goes, he goes you know, I-, I have a purple heart. And he goes back in his place where he was in Vietnam. And he begins to open up. He goes, I don't deserve this purple heart. I don't deserve it. I said, no, Jack, you served our country. Of course you do. Of course you do. He goes, no, you got to, no, listen to me, he says. He goes, this is what happens. And he goes, probably hasn't told this, even told anybody in his life. Like 40, 50 years it's been. 40 years. And he he opens up and he says, he says, what happened was I was a gunner behind, I was in the Jeep, I was pr- trying to protect my commanding officer. And I was to protect him. And then chaos broke out. The firefight happened and it was crazy. And I pulled my gun and I shot myself. I don't deserve a purple heart. And I'm like, well, Jack, do you know you? I'm like, he goes, no, I did it. I know I did this. And I didn't never told anybody. That was it. He needed to get that off his chest. And you think, man, of course, I mean, served our country and everything happening and all that, that went on. But there's moments that we, we can feel the condemnation in our life. Can I tell you, we're not supposed to live with that condemnation. We're not supposed to harbor condemnation in our, in our life. And I know, I, maybe, you know, you didn't serve in, in the military, and, you know, so your, but your form of PTSD is different, but it's still there of what you've gone through in that form of guilt. We need to be reminded what, of what Satan's tactic is and really who he is. Jesus tells us this of the devil. It says, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth where there's no truth in him. Where he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. That's Jesus' words telling us who the devil is is 
And yet we believe a different thing sometimes, don't we? Because we, we know he's the, the source of these lies, but we allow others to be a channel of those lies. You ever heard the term, someone's a tool of the enemy? Some of you know what that's like. We, we, we don't want to be that, or others, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but we've, this has happened. Like People that have loved us have walked out on us. People that, due to their own insecurities, put us down and make us feel little. People who harbor unforgiveness towards us is an issue. It, unresolved relationships that eat within us that we're not worthy to be forgiven. They're all lies. They're all these lies to make us feel worthless, no good, never going to make it. You have no value. Don't even try. All lies from the pit, as Grandpa used to say, from the pit of hell, right? What do we do with that? Well, what happens? It creates this condemnation that, that eats in its confliction of our soul. And so what we need to do is we're here today, and I'm glad you are, is this, we go to God's truth. What's God's truth tell us this? Well, it tells us truth of where we end up being without Jesus. Where do we go when we do not do what we want to do, but we keep on doing it? This is what Paul says. This is the great apostle Paul, and, and the end of his very, the peak of his conflicted soul. He says this, what a wretched man I am. Who can rescue me from this body that is subject to death? What a wretched, you might be, what a wretched woman I am. What a, I did it again. I did it again. And this condemnation comes over us. Who would rescue us? Who's going to rescue us from this, this war that's within us? Paul writes. He stands this, and I, and I don't know why I have this picture today, but he, it's almost like Paul saying it, kind of like Tyler Lockett, you know, his his third or fourth touchdown today he'll have with his hands raised up. This is what picture Apostle Paul with his hands raised going this. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Well, the answer is Jesus. The source of sin is, is what the issue is, but the, the, the forgiveness and the freedom we have in Jesus. See, I, I want to just share what this main thought for us here today is this. Is this. You know, you've heard confession's good for the soul. I actually think it's a, it leads to a cure for the soul. Confession is a cure for the conflicted soul. Confession is. When sin we struggle with so deeply, there's a cure for that sin and what Jesus did. And I love this. Thanks be God who delivers us. And, and it's interesting, the literation or the literal term here the verb is shall deliver so what is paul saying is it's it's the already and not yet when you read your bible about god provides salvation it's the already and not yet he's already done it what christ has done on the cross brought our sin to death and took care of it then but guess what there will be a deliverance from this bodily world we live in one day too there's a there's a there's a there's a in between there is this already not yet the present and the future deliver in our lives paul cries this out not only to escape physical death but spiritual death to provide us salvation for eternity deliver us one day in in heaven for heaven deliver us from the pit of hell but also deliver us for today you and i do not have to be victims we we need to continue on our victim-ridden world that tells us it's someone else's problem and someone else's deal and what happened to you yes it did happen to you 
It did, and it was wrong. But don't keep that wrong to continue to affect your life for your future. It's not worth it. They're not worth it. But you are. And God has this plan and this future for you. Let the past be the past and move forward in the future, not because of anything you've done, but you say, Jesus, you are my deliverer. You are my salvation. You're the one that's done it. The victory comes in him. Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us of our debts if we forgive our debtors. The burden we have, we do not have to carry any, any longer. We don't have to carry the confliction in our souls. So what do we do? Well, it's the cure for the conflicted soul is, is, is confession. And confession works in two ways. It works upward and it works, works sideways. Confession is, is coming clean and coming out. Coming clean and coming out. First is this, when we come clean by confessing our sin, God is there to forgive us. We are forgiven. To cleanse us from our sin. So, you've heard this, you, you struggle, you might have heard this before, you, you struggle with your sin in the secret. D darkness keeps our sin, is where sin grows. Sin grows in the, in the dark. And we need to recognize that even in the secrecy, God knows, right? God knows already, and that should give us a little bit of a holy fear. But it also hopefully gives us some hope. That the Lord sees us where we're at in our sin and provided the solution through Christ to bring that forgiveness. He doesn't lead us here, because sometimes when we hear about the difference between condemnation and conviction, have you heard this before? And it's so important we do, and we'll talk about condemnation here again in a moment. But condemnation is that you're this way and there's no change for your future. You are this way. It's a label to wear. It's, a, it's an identity people wear. It's, a, it's almost a permanency that you're condemned and you stand condemned and there's judgment upon you. Conviction of the Holy Spirit's a different way. Condem condemnation says there's no way out. Conviction says, oh, you're recognizing where you're at and you're convicted of your sin, but there is a way out. That He is our deliverer. And I love 1 John 1, 9. It says this, you know, you might know it already by heart. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're like, wow, you've got that memorized. Oh, better believe it. I have that verse memorized because I live it. Throughout my life, having to confess sin to the Lord for the cleansing that he provides my life. And it's for you. And what's beautiful about the cleansing forgiveness of Jesus is this. God doesn't remember our sin any longer. There's a beautiful verse in Psalms that says that the sins of ours when we're forgiven are cast in the sea of forgetfulness. But somehow, somehow we bring up our yesterday's or past sins to the Lord, don't we? Well, God, I've done this. I'm too, it's too late. I've already... And God's almost going, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking... What are you... What? Are you, what? And, and you're thinking, well, God knows everything and he's sovereign, but he chooses not to know because that's no longer a part of our life any longer. Because I don't even know what to stop you. I don't even know what you're talking about. But there's an enemy that comes to remind us of that, of, 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 of it as well. And so we battle with this, don't we? We battle with it, and we got to look at our sin. I look at, like, confess sin as the Etch-a-Sketch. Do you guys, does anybody remember the Etch-a-Sketch, that, that, that red little 
a thing. It was like pre-iPad, right, with kids played with. And they had the little dials on there. And, you, you know, you, you did it. And, and like, oh, wow, I made a square. I did it. You know, and that was about it for me. That was my skill level. And then, but then like, oh, I screwed up. Well, what you could do? You shake it. And you start all over again. And God's saying, that's how I see your, your sins forgiven. I don't see it any longer. But the enemy would come and, and, and bring that condemnation. I, I love what my, my pastor in, in college, Pastor Strum, used to say. Richard Strum, he used to say this. And he was famous for saying it over and over. So it was a line. He said, you know, if the devil comes and tries to remind you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. And I love that old saying. I think it's so a reminder of us to put it in perspective. You know, hey, what, what the enemy you know, meant for evil, God is going to make good. That there is this no need to go down the guilt trip any longer. And see, at the end of Romans 7 is Romans 8.1. Talk about condemnation. This is what I love in, in 8.1. It says, therefore, you know, Romans 7 was about, I do what I don't want to do. I keep on doing it. But thanks be to God. He delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the next chapter. Then therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because there, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit will give life, has set you free from the law of sin and isn't that beautiful? Isn't it know that we don't have to live with that condemnation any longer to confess unconfessed sin to the Lord and that we're not only that we're forgiven, but also, guess what? We, it can lead to healing. See, as confession is the cure for our conflicted soul, know this is there's a greater work that he's doing, not only to forgive us of our sin, but to bring deliverance upon it. But it's a slow progress that we go through. See, I want to help us a little bit, be real, is it doesn't mean after we're cleansed of sin that we don't go and don't think we're going to sin any longer. We're going to sin, okay? We're going to still mess up, right? How do we live sinless? We can't live sinless. But what if we actually move toward sinning less? What about that? What if we move toward what we all want to do as followers of Jesus, if you're here, is to move toward Christ-likeness? That's the goal in mind. It's not the sin management. Don't do the bad stuff. I'm pushing in toward Jesus, that he would have the affection of my heart, not the other things that are out there. And that's why we continue to give tools and opportunity for you to grow. As, as Margie and Ted shared about their small group and being group life is so important for our souls, but also our individual work. And each week through the series, Christina Will has been great. She's been creating these prayer guides. This week is on confession. Each day, there is a section, uh, Monday through uh, Sunday, that we can just practice these steps of getting it and finding a place of cleansing of our heart from forgiveness of sins. But also this is moving toward even healing in our life. Not just coming clean with God, but coming out to others. And so finally it would be this, is that when we come out and confess our sin to others, that's where we can receive healing. That's where healing can take place in our life. James reminds us, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you might be healed. It's one thing to confess to God for forgiveness. There's another thing to confess your sins to others, and that can be a challenge to do that. And I want to encourage you is this, is sometimes we, if especially if sin is habitual, we go, we keep on doing what we're doing. We don't want to keep doing it. We keep falling into it. And isolation will do that. Isolation will say, I can do, fix this on my own. I can do it on my own. And the reality is we can't. We need others to come along and help us.
I encourage you, don't minimize it. Don't minimize your sin. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. Don't live in entitlement going, well, I got a lot of other, I'm doing a lot of other good things, but this one bad thing over here is not as bad. I'm, I'll just keep doing more good and then outweigh the bad. It, it doesn't work that way. It's like cancer. It will get worse and it'll creep into our life. We make excuses. Well, you know, I'm actually doing really well. God's blessing me. If God's blessing me, you know, I, yeah, I'm not perfect. I mean, this over here is not a big deal because look how much he's blessing me. That's dangerous where, that, where you can go. At the end of the day, it's really pride. Pride is I don't want to be exposed. I I, it's judgment. I'll feel judged, and, and I don't want to feel that way. But the Bible says this, the sin will find you out. You and I have, are, can be in the, in the driver's seat of it. Because sin will find you out. Either it'll find you out or you, you go out and you, you, you share that with others. Back in the day, there was a phrase in high school, when Graham and I were going to high school together, it was a phrase was this, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Have you ever heard that before? And I think there's some truth to that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Take care of the morning. God, am I good with you? Am I, am I in a right place? Am I in a right frame? Making sure there's examination of your mind and your heart and your emotions, everything, before you go in your day. See, confession is a cure for your conflicted soul. And so you might, might shock you. I sin too, by the way, as a pastor. You're a pastor. You might do that. We, we have tendencies. Listen, you know, I'm not robbing banks. I'm not sleeping around. I'm not smoking crack. I'm not doing all the bad stuff. You're like, well, good to know. Um, that's good. Quick, quick chalk, checked off a big list there. But we all have a tendency. We all have a pathway toward the bad. It's, it's a slippery slope. I'm, I'm thankful for the accountability I have. I have a wonderful church council. We're having a meeting on Tuesday night, and it, it, some of it's involved in the health of our church and the health of me, where, where we're at. It's an important thing that we have a people around us. I'm grateful that I'm grateful for my wife and my family that holds me accountable, and, and even my, my life with other pastors that I, I connect with. Here, here's something I want to encourage you is to find a safe place and safe people. Here's that question for you. Where for you is there a safe place and safe people that you can share your struggles? Margie and, and Ted shared a bit about their group and what they're able to do. And, and, you know, there's a level of trust that's built, but, man, your ailments and you need prayer. And it's hard sometimes to admit you're in, you're in a weak place to do that. So if you don't have a safe person or safe place, ask. Ask around. Say, how can we partner together? Ask the Lord to help you and guide you. And then when you're in a group, Make sure you what's said in the group stays in the group. I'm in a my wife and we're in a small group on Wednesday night, and, and stuff is said there that it's kind of assumed, but we, we want to make sure that we know that it's not going to leave this the, the, the circle that's there. That there's there's people are sharing deep things in their life. And then walk together through it all. And at some point, when the trust is built enough that you're able to share it. This is what's going on in our life. And I love the Bible says this very specifically that what we do is we don't celebrate the darkness, we actually expose the, the evil deeds of darkness. There's something powerful when we bring our guilt and shame in the light of a trusted, non-condemning group of brothers and sisters. It's a liberating effect. See, sin finds its strength in the darkness, but it's, it, it weakens in the light. When we share and we open our life out, the, the, the teeth are removed, the, the power of it's removed from you, the that, that what's holding on to you actually doesn't, isn't as strong any longer because it's exposed to the light. It's kind of like a vampire, okay? Um, it's 
the light shines. And I know it's a weird analogy to think about, but that's kind of what sin does. It doesn't know what to do. It, it, shrivers, it, it shrivels up because of the light of Jesus and, and the light of sharing it with one another. It's a powerful thing. I love what the message version says of, of, of confessing your sins. It says, confess your sins so you can live together whole and healed. Whoa. Really? I can live whole and healed? There's steps toward what? Confession is leading to the cure of our conflicted soul in our lives. And invite the team to come as we close in prayer. And as we wrap up here today, I want you to begin to think about for your life. You know, someone says you're, you're, you're as sick as your secrets. And, and, and you really can be sick to your soul, right? There's a confliction that's there that's in your life. And began to do this, began to pray prayer, because I know in this room some of you are going, oh, no, I would never share that with anybody. Okay, and I get that. I understand that. But is there a layer? Would you pray a prayer of courage? Say, Lord, will you help me share my struggles with others? There's layers of our life. Lord, will you help me share the first level? Lord, will you help me share the second level? It'll be like peeling the onion. We're getting closer to go. It's pretty, pretty fragrant, our life at the end. Lord, will you help me with the layers? Lord, I give my layers to you, my confession to you. But Lord, I also want to, I want to, I want to be able to find healing. I confess my sin. You forgive me my sin. But I also want, I want healing from my sin as well, especially the things that happen over and over again in my life. I want to get, I want to be whole. I want to be healed. Lord, I want to do that work. And as you go to prayer here in a moment, as we go to prayer, you know, I mentioned Jack, you know, and he, he, he was at the end there his life and I, I pray with him and I left and I knew that I was saying goodbye to him and it was over the night that his caregiver Nikki was with him and he began to kind of get glimpses almost at, at the end and he she was saying he would close his eyes and he would begin to just kind of get lost away and she thought that was it he was at the end and then he'd open his eyes because it's not quite yet he closed his eyes and then he'd open them again and then the third time she saw him he closed his eyes and then he says yeah right there yeah right, that hymn right there oh that's perfect that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be a perfect fit that I can wear that robe and he passed away don't we all want to go that way but here's the thing, we don't have to wait to our deathbed to make the confession. We don't have to wait to the end. Today is the day. Today is the opportunity. So, Lord, I want to come clean with you. I want to be ready, not only for heaven, but I want to be ready for today. I want to live a whole and healed life that's you offer me. Lord, help me to take that next step with you. And I want to invite you to do that today. Let's pray together. God, before we go and, and try to conquer this world and fight the good fight and, you know, these weeks to come, we're going to be talking about praying and warfare and we're going after it and everything. But, Lord, we are as strong as our soul. We are as strong as the integrity of our own soul. You said, you know, if we try to win the whole world over, we could still lose our own soul. So we start with us. It's not a selfish thing this morning, but we look inward, Lord. We look at our own mind and our own heart and our own soul deep within us. And Lord, 
I just pray right now for those here in this room and those who are watching online. As, as, as David prayed, Lord, search me, oh God. Show me my heart. Examine if there's any sin within me. And Lord, may we do that here again. Any unconfessed sin, Lord, we say, Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness because you are faithful to do that, Lord. Purify us today. We receive that forgiveness. And Lord, I pray as we do that, Lord, we would also look toward others around us to find the support. Oh man, the power of community, the power of friendship around us, that we are not to do it alone. The challenges we face, the addictions, the habitual habits of sin, Lord, we're so tired of the roller coaster. We're so tired of the merry-go-round, the treadmill of it, Lord. We want to we wanna get off it, Lord. We're exhausted, Lord. Will you help us? Will you open up the opportunity to find a safe place with safe people, just a safe person to be able to share and unload, and this is what's going on in our life, Lord. Will you help us take that next, layer, next step to peel the next layer, Lord? do that in us. Will you give us the grace to do that? I pray you give the, the, the unction for those here this, this afternoon, Lord, that they really would be able to step into that, that next step, either today or tomorrow this week, Lord. Why? Because, Lord, you want us to not only experience the forgiveness and the deliverance now and for eternity, but, Lord, you want us to experience the wholeness and healing that you do offer us. Lord. May that happen, not at the deathbed, Lord, it would happen today ask for your help to do that in honest hearts before you in confession toward you we pray and Lord if there's some here today that have really not even just given their life to you Jesus that they would just say be my Lord be my Savior I receive you Lord that you cleanse me from the inside out through a new relationship with you we pray in Jesus name so there's work God's doing he's continuing the good work don't, don't let it go just in a nice little service today. Don't let that go. Continue to allow that work. But I want to invite you as we close in, in song day, if you could stand to your feet. And as we sing this song, as the song of surrender to the Lord, let God continue to do that work in your mind and heart. If the things come to mind as you're singing, confess them. If there's things that you're saying, man, I need some healing. Not only some emotional healing today, but maybe some physical healing. Maybe you are like Ted that needs prayer for a leg or... or there's emotional hurt and pain you're going through. There's some wonderful folks that are coming right now that would love to pray with you before we close today. If not, let's just lift our, our eyes and our voices and our, and our prayers to God. Bring healing and forgiveness in our, our souls. We don't have to live with confliction any longer. We have to have that peace that only the Lord brings. I pray that for you this, this week. Have a great day.